Welcome to the Health is Wealth podcast. I'm Nicole Nelson, founder of Living Well with Nick, health coach and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you the tools, strategies, and motivational stories that will move you to take inspired action. It's time to break through fear and elevate your life. So get ready to feel inspired. After all, your health is your greatest wealth. You're listening to the Health is Wealth podcast, episode number 21. Have you ever wondered what's holding you back from your true potential? I sat down with Kate Kroko, who is an author, psychotherapist, and business mindset coach who helps ambitious female leaders uncover what's holding them back, work through these blocks, and step into a true CEO mindset. We chat about building confidence as a business owner and how to face your fears head on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Let's jump right into your background as a psychotherapist and confidence and mindset coach. I'd love if you could share how you actually got into that field and if you could explain a little little bit more about what that actually means. Yeah. Yeah. So I started my therapy practice back in September of 2014. I was working in the mental health field in um, drug and alcohol, Mm -hmm. um, outpatient work, and loved the work that I was doing, loved the work with my clients, but just felt like there was so much extra, like Mm -hmm. extra paperwork. And it was when I went to school to be a therapist, I just wanted to do therapy, like individual therapy, group therapy. And I never could have comprehended how much extra work went into it. Paperwork, audits, all of that stuff, team meetings. And it was probably about 10% of my work hours that I was able to spend with clients. And I was just feeling like, this is not what I went to school for. I just want to spend more time with them. I want to be able to give the best service. And I was working in a clinic too. Um, So, you know, we were billing insurance and just unable to give the clients the amount of time that they really needed. Little by little, I started to plan and I had done research on Google and listen to podcasts. I really had no idea what I was doing because I didn't go to business school. Mm -hmm. Um, But by September of 2014, I had the site up. I had a place that I could sublet on Saturdays and use the office space. And I just said, I'm just going to dive in. And I didn't tell people because I was afraid that, um, like, what if I failed? Yeah. So why tell people that I'm doing this? And once I did start to tell people, once I started getting clients, I just sort of framed it as like, this is a little hobby that I'm doing. Like I'm doing this just for fun. And I think that so many women early on in business sort of treat their businesses that way. And I think until you can actually step confidently into that CEO role in your business it's going to be a hobby and it's going to stay a hobby. And I think that that's the most important piece. And once I was able to confidently step up and say, Hey, friends, family, boss, this is actually a business. It's actually doing great. I think I want to take this full time. That's when the business really started to 
speed up even more. By December of 2014, I was able to match my nine to five salary just working on Saturdays, seeing clients. That is amazing. Did you have a goal in mind? Like, okay, I want to match my salary or my corporate salary by X date. Or did you all of a sudden get to a point where you're like, wow, I'm at this point and I, I surpassed this goal a lot sooner than I thought. So it was a little bit of both. Okay. I think once I got to that place of um, maybe making around half of what I was making in my nine to five, mm-hmm. I started to think like, wow, I'm actually getting closer and maybe this is a real business and maybe this will work. And I decided at that time, let me try to find ways to also supplement my income so that maybe I can get there faster. I can save faster. So I actually had joined this network marketing business called Chloe and Isabel, which actually is no longer open. And it was a jewelry business. So I would plan these jewelry parties. And back then as a social worker, I wasn't making a whole lot of money either. Mm-hmm. And I never had the money to sort of just buy nice things for myself. So it felt so, um, I don't know, just really sort of luxurious to be able to have this other business that made a little bit of money. And I got to wear really beautiful jewelry and I would use those jewelry parties as a time to network with local people and Mm. hand out business cards for my therapy practice. So honestly, like that was the one of the biggest sort of, um, confidence boosters that got me to leaving my nine to five that much faster was mm-hmm. being able to have that little bit of cushion. Cause I was making probably around four to $500 a month with the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gave me that added confidence. It also was great networking. And, um, I think it was probably around, mid-November when I, I was like, wow, now this is getting even closer. Um, I'm probably about 80% there. So what I actually did was I, I put it, I wrote a letter to my boss, like my resignation letter. Mm-hmm. I wrote it out and I put a date on it. And I said to myself, my goal is to actually be able to print this out and give this to him on that date. And I wasn't 100% confident that I would actually make it happen. But I think when we say things out loud and then when we take that next step and we write them down or we start to tell other people, it really gives us that accountability. And I think it just makes that dream even bigger. And I'm Mm -hmm. so big on creating vision boards at the start of the year and writing down what it is that you want and sharing about your dreams with your friends and with other people. Um, So I think that that was the other thing that really pushed me there that much faster was having that letter written. And I can still remember that day when I realized, wow, I'm there. I can print this letter out at work right now and go give this to him and have the conversation. Um, That's incredible. And then I just, I remember just doing it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you mentioned confidence a few times. Can you touch on, first of all, how you would define confidence and how much it plays a role in running a business? Oh yeah. So I guess I never thought of like, what is the the definition of confidence? It's just 
having that belief in yourself that maybe even if you are not 100% qualified, maybe not 100% ready, um, things are not even completely aligned, but you know that with work and with consistency, you can get to that place that you want to be. And that's just my definition. I love that. Yeah. Um, And what I always say is that confidence is not something that someone is born with or um, it's really, it's, it's, you know, it's not something you can buy. It's really something Mm -hmm. that you have to practice over and over and over again. And I always say that the only way to grow your confidence is through consistency. So whatever that fear is, whatever that insecurity is, the more that you dive into it and not step away from it, because I think that's our nature is to want to hide. And um, something that I always talk about, it's called opposite action. And I was trained in dialectical behavior therapy. And um, opposite action is, it's like, it's very self-explanatory. When you have that desire, so let's say it's fear, you're afraid to have a conversation or you're afraid to take that dive into entrepreneurship or whatever it might be, take that next step in the relationship. When you have that fear, your natural inclination is to hide is to Mm -hmm. avoid, is to run away. But the only way to actually work through that fear and to get what what is your desire and what it is that you truly, truly want is to dive into the unknown and to dive into that fear and to do the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. So jump out of bed, go and do the thing that scares you, whether it's doing the talk or starting the business, having the conversation. And the more that you do that and you push yourself to do that opposite action, the more you grow your confidence and the easier that it gets. And as soon as you do that thing, there also is that relief, right? Like you feel like, like I love public speaking, but I also am so afraid that I want to pass out and vomit mm-hmm. and completely run when yep. there's large groups of people. And I know, okay, as soon as I finish this, it's going to it's gonna be like a euphoria. So I think that's the biggest thing with confidence is just starting before you're ready, starting before you feel qualified and just consistently taking action it's amazing how consistency, it doesn't matter what facet of your life you're talking about, yeah. nutrition, lifestyle, relationships, your business, you mentioned confidence. It all goes back to consistency. Yes. And, and consistency, I think, is one of the hardest things for humans to master because we don't like to be uncomfortable. So if like getting into a new routine, building up more confidence, if it's at first uncomfortable, like you said, we want to do the opposite and just kind of resist that. So if you could give someone a couple uh, tips and tricks that they could do on a daily basis, let's take an entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur listening who is struggling to find some type of consistency with starting a business. Maybe it's building a website or maybe it's 
being more active on social media or pitching their ideas to someone, what are a couple steps they could take, whether they be um, tangible action items or different mantras they could say or affirmations they could repeat? What could they be doing on a daily basis to help build that confidence? I think the first thing is clearing out your schedule and making the time because I think we use that lie. And I talk about this in my book about the, the lie of time. Like I don't have enough time. I so badly want to achieve this next goal or, you know, start this business, but I don't have the time and it's never about time. It's just the lie that we can hide behind because it just feels easy to just blame it on time. So if you can find a way so that there is no excuse. So you can clear your schedule. You can have a little bit of time. Maybe it's 20 minutes a day, right? That's better than nothing. So 20 minutes a day that you can start to Google, you can make a list um, and just start to take those steps little by little. And I think that often we also um, look so much at the big picture that we forget about all the little things. So I think take that big goal, break that up into tiny little small goals. And that might be something as simple as making a list. And the list is today, Google how to become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, list out a few ways that I can start like reaching out to people or researching a website. So I think like breaking those big goals into small little tangible bites. Um, I think the other thing is just making sure that every single day you do one thing that scares you and takes you out of your comfort zone. And that can be, like you said before, in your personal life with your, your health, your nutrition, um, it doesn't have to necessarily be in your business, but if you can challenge yourself to get out of your comfort zone in other areas of your life, it sort of bleeds into the others, which is a great mm -hmm. thing. Are you a fan of writing out your goals as if they have already happened? Because I know that's one thing that's really helped me is kind of writing in future tense, but you like switch it to present. So yeah. for you, let's take, since you're an author, um, let's say a couple years ago, you knew you wanted to write this book. You'd write out in your daily journal or your to-do list, like, oh, I have to, you know, submit my, my draft to my publisher. And you act as if you're already in that space. Do you yes. think that there's some power behind that? Yes. 100%. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. I think, um, for some people it might be hard to... I don't know what it is, but for some people, it's hard to write it as if they're already there. Mm -hmm. And if you're not there yet, it's okay. Write as if you're here today still and you're saying what you want in your future. Once you get more comfortable with that again, then you can start writing as if like, let's say you're start, you're, you haven't even started writing your book, but you say, I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Like that's something I write out all the time. Mm -hmm. I actually wrote it in my book and I'm nowhere near becoming a New York Times bestselling author, but I knew if I can start writing that out and acting as if I'm already there, I will someday be there. You know, it may not be next year. It may not be in five years, but it may be in 10 years. So I think 100% acting as if you're already 
that future version of yourself. Because the thing is, we all are already that future version. Right. That's a really good point. That's just like tapping into it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, that's really who we are. Mm -hmm. If we can release the insecurities and Mm -hmm. peel back all of those layers of lies and things that hold us back from actually getting there. Mm -hmm. So how does um, confidence then relate to visibility and starting to kind of bring that like stronger inner self that we all have who really wants to be visible? Because I think at the end of the day, we all want to be heard and seen and acknowledged. So how can, how does that relate back to instilling confidence and how does that translate into becoming more visible? Yeah. So I think it starts with, again, going back to practice and going Mm -hmm. back to consistency. And I hear so many people saying, I'm so afraid, like I have this business and maybe I've had this business for 10 years and I've never had to go online, but now with what everything is, whatever's going on, um, I have to create this online platform and I have to start being more visible. And what I say is, again, people wait for the perfect time. They wait till they feel more qualified. They wait till they feel like maybe um, they're more fit or maybe they look more put together. But the longer that you put these excuses out there, the longer you are just going to put your dreams on hold. Mm -hmm. And I think the important thing is just showing up exactly as you are. So if it's messy, show up messy. If you feel like your message is not complete or is not clear yet, just still show up like that. Just get started, get the momentum growing and just know you are going to resonate with someone like your message, Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you have to share. Um, for me, like when I see people who are like super put together on social media, I can't really relate. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love when people just show up like us right now. Like we, right, I right. don't think you have makeup on. No, no makeup, hair in a bun. <laughs> yep. The same because I feel like, oh, that's my person. Like mm-hmm. they get me, they understand me. Mm-hmm. So if that's who you are, not wearing makeup, wearing a messy bun or not combing your hair or whatever, just show up like that because that's your person and they really need you and they don't need the person who's all made up. Yes. And because you're more relatable. Yes. Like people want someone they can relate to. They don't want a picture perfect person because that seems so out of reach. And I think it also starts to um, cause some uh, like lack of confidence in that person themselves. So they take a second look at, well, you know, why do I, why don't I look that way? Yeah. Or why is she farther ahead than I am? Like, what is she doing behind the scenes? And that's why I love and this is something I always coach my own health coaches in is show the messy behind the scenes, show what a day in the life is like. Like those are my favorite stories to watch because it shows the human aspect of you as an entrepreneur and people love to know, okay, they've been in the business five, 10 years longer than I have, but they still struggle too. So it's okay for me to feel that same way. Do you follow Sarah Blakely of, of Spanx? No, but I have heard of her. 
She's so like, she's someone who is a multi-billionaire. Yeah. And I just, when I watch her stories, I'm like, it's such a breath of fresh air. I'm like, Mm. oh my God, I feel so understood. And I feel like I'm fine. I have it together Mm. because she has four kids. I think she had four kids like under the age of maybe eight or something. Oh, wow. And she shows like all of the messiness, like food all over, dirty clothes all over, like her forgetting to show up for her kid's soccer game or this or that. And it just <laughs> like normalizes yeah, the real stuff that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. I love that. So if, if someone is looking to be more visible on social media, because I know a large part of my audience hangs out on Instagram. I'm assuming yours does as well. Are you a big fan of utilizing Instagram stories? Oh yes. Okay. Yes. I love stories. I would rather watch stories all day and scroll through someone's feed and read super long captions. That's just me personally. But again, you get to see that person face to face. Totally. Yeah. I, I see the stories as like, sort of the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like the business or the brand, whatever it is that you're trying to do is the grid. Yep, exactly. So like the really strong content, putting that there, but the stories, like this is actually what's really happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, the Instagram stories, I think the, like you mentioned, the founder of Spanx, yeah. why she is so relatable is because she's sh- showing the messy behind the scenes. She probably doesn't have a filter on her stories all the time. That is what people gravitate towards. And so again, that could even be a really simple exercise to build, boost up your confidence. Like start showing up, putting your face out there, asking people questions, reaching out to people, just making yourself more visible. And I can guarantee, like you said, the more practice you do, it really becomes second nature. And it doesn't mean that you might not feel uncomfortable once in a while, but if you can just start getting over those little tiny hurdles, when it comes time for, like you had mentioned, speaking in front of a hundred thousand people, whatever it is, then you're ready for that because you've already taken these little tiny steps to boost that confidence. Yes. Yeah. I used to be afraid to do stories. I remember back in the day when I started my coaching business five years ago, Periscope was the big thing. Oh yeah. I I was never um, like a user of it, but I recognize the name. I had downloaded it and I still remember I was so afraid. I had like all these post-it notes all over my computer it was, I think I had like a sport coat on. Like this was again, back in the day where I thought that I had to be put together in order to show up. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it was just so exhausting and it wasn't me. And because it took so much effort, I was so much less likely to actually go and do it. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know what, if I'm just going to do this business thing, I'm going to just show up messy. Um, because I'll actually show up. And I'm sure because of that decision that you made, you've been far more successful than you probably would have if you would have kind of forced yourself to stay in this really polished box. Definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about your book, Thinking Like a Boss, because I love 
all the different aspects of the book, everything you talk about, it seems very relatable. So can you share kind of a a summary of it for everyone? Yeah. So thinking like a boss, uncover and overcome the lies holding you back from success. It is um, a book for female entrepreneurs. I've also had other people who have read it and given me great feedback like men. Hmm. Um, I've had people who are not entrepreneurs, teachers, people in corporate careers who say that they also can relate. And I sort of chose the top 12 lies that the clients that I have worked with have voiced. And every single one of these lies are a lie that I've struggled with myself. And I take the lie, I start each chapter with a personal story or a client story, unpack the lie, and then give the reader really tangible steps and exercises so that they can work through it, overcome it, and move forward and start taking those big steps in their life. And I really wanted the book to be something that could sort of be timeless and something that people could really pick up at any time. So let's just say they read the whole book through and they find, you know, three months later, they're really struggling with the lie of not having enough time. They can just pick the book back up, open up that chapter on time and, you know, dive in there and get those exercises again. And the other thing is the book can be, doesn't have to be read in order. It doesn't have to be like one to 12. You can skip around if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it's a really quick and easy book to read too. Each chapter takes about 30 minutes because I know a lot of the people that I work with are busy. They're entrepreneurs. Some of them are parents or they're caretaking for sick loved ones. And um, I think we need quick and easy ways to sort of overcome. Um, And it's not to say that it doesn't go deep because it does, but I think that it's a little bit of a misconception that mindset work has to take a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But so many people read it and say, wow, I did this one exercise and immediately I I was able to flip things. Oh, that's awesome. And I love how you said each chapter is divided up by stories or starts with a story. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that when you can explain a concept by storytelling, the person will remember it so much better than just kind of laying everything out black and white, super logical. I think there's something to be said about that emotional connection to something and always going back to that story. Do you mind sharing one of, it doesn't have to be from the book, but just like a share or a story of a client that you have worked with? Yeah. Most of the clients that come to me, let's just say in this time period Uh now, a lot of them what they're struggling with the most is maybe having success in their business. They've been open for a little while and they feel like they have to keep hustling. They feel like they can't sit back. They can't enjoy life. They just have this like hustle mentality drilled into them. And I think so many people and so many of my clients are afraid that once they stop working, once they take that time off, once they sit back a little bit or lean back in their business, that they're going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. They're going to lose clients. Um, They're going to make less money. And that's something that I love working on with clients because I know as 
someone who went from having a successful business to basically losing my business after having kids, I've been able to understand and sort of see that balance of time doesn't always mean success. Mm-hmm. It's learning to set your priorities and do the things that are the most impactful in your business. Because I think, um, especially early on in business, it's easy to get caught up with needing to do all of the things right. Mm-hmm. And you're doing all of this busy work all the time. And for me, after having kids, you know, my hours were, they went from working 70 hours a week to like 10 hours a week. I have to be so picky and choosy with what I do right now. And now I can see, wow, I can have just as much impact, but I have to be so careful with that time. And that I think is the most beautiful thing to watch a client who goes from that hustle mentality to be able to learn to just lean back and enjoy their business, enjoy their life. Because the more that we enjoy life, the more that the more success our business actually brings in. Because I think when we're too in it, we often miss things. And when we hold on to it too tightly, we work from a place of scarcity. But when you can just allow yourself to sit back, enjoy life, um, and like go back to why you started a business. Cause I think so many people say, oh, I have to get out of corporate life. I want to leave my nine to five. Cause I want to travel. I want to spend more time with my husband, or I want to spend more time with friends. I want to be able to do these hobbies. And then before they know it, they've left their nine to five and they're working double the hours. But I think, again, if we can get really intentional with what we're doing in our businesses, we can make even more impact just working a small amount of hours. And I mean, especially with coronavirus right now, I have super, super limited hours. Um, And it's not to say that it's not stressful um, because it definitely is at times, but I'm able to, to see like, wow, I'm only working maybe 10 hours a week at most. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to still earn an income and make as much impact, if not more than I was before. I love that. I remember when I first left the corporate world, I, my mom is a teacher. And so over the summers, you know, she has some time off and I remember the first summer that I I was working just for myself, I started to feel guilty. Like if she wanted to grab coffee with me on a Tuesday morning or like go out to lunch one day. And I finally snapped out of it. I was like, what am I doing? This is why I wanted to escape the corporate life. So I could have that balance and I could shut things down when I wanted to. I could take off a Wednesday if I wanted to, but there's, like you said, there's this hustle mentality and like this guilt associated with, okay, if I'm not working all the time, if I'm not working nine to five, I'm not moving my business forward or I'm not being productive. So is is there any advice you could give to someone who is, they're in like the early stages of their business. Okay. So there's going to be a little more work involved, Mm. but what would be your advice to someone who's like, I'm having a really hard time turning it off. 
on the weekends. I feel guilty. However, then I go into that following week on Monday completely drained because I didn't take any type of break. What type of advice do you have for them? So I think the number one thing that helps my clients is being able to look at normal things that you do. So like, well, let's just pretend that like coronavirus is not out right now. Sure. <laughs> so going to a yoga class, going to a spin class, going to a wine tasting, taking a painting class, um, going to a party, all the things that are fun and social, start looking at those things as business building activities. Mm, that's a good idea. So it doesn't, it, it just sort of removes that guilt. And here's the thing. You don't have to go into it like, Hey, what's your name? Like I have a business. Do you want to hire me? No, but being human and building relationships, that's like the number one thing that will move the needle in your business. It's just purely relationship building. Absolutely. So, being able to just go be human, meet people, connect, get to know people, that will move the needle in your business so much further than staying home and scrolling on social media, going through your to-do lists. I can't tell you how many times um, just going out, like going to a yoga class, connect with someone. Oh, wow. What do you do? What do you do? Oh, cool. I actually am thinking about starting a business. I need a coach. Let's connect. Like I've hired people from just in the outside world. So um, I think that it's hard to tell someone to just go out and have fun. But I think if we can label it as you're actually working in your business, you're doing something that's going to move the needle in your business, that sort of releases that guilt for people. I like that. I always refer back to the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yes. I, I learned that yes. in the corporate world and I think back in college, but especially having your own business. Yes. Oh my gosh. It is. I mean, that's really what I live by. You know, you can figure anything out, but there might just be that, that one person that you need to connect with to really help to launch things or collaborate on something. And that's why I love the social media space right now, because I feel like it's very collaborative and I never thought that I would be as into social media and Instagram as I am now, but like you, I mean, that's how you market your services. That's how you bring on potential clients. It's how you market your book, whatever new projects you're working on. So it can be a really, really cool space to help help build your network. Just like how you go to networking events in the corporate world, you have to kind of form your own network when you're out on your own. It might just look different. It might be in a yoga class or in a coffee shop or on Instagram. So I like that idea of thinking of it as a, um, what did you call it? A work business building activity, business building activity. And even like one thing I used to do was schedule like solo dates for myself or, non-working times on Friday afternoons or Saturday afternoons. And I just block that time off on your calendar. It's like writing your to-do list for a Monday. You sit down, you chunk out time on your calendar. If you have to do the same thing on the weekends for a little bit to help yourself like get out of that work mode yeah. and into just like that personal relaxation time, that can be really powerful to help you bring more of that balance to your life until it becomes second nature. 
I love that. There's like that quote, if it's not on your calendar, it's not going to happen. Something like mm-hmm. that. But it reminds me of that. Like going to the gym, you have to pencil it in yeah. or else you yeah. won't do it. My friends always joke because I put washing my hair on my calendar. Oh my gosh. Like I have to wash my hair this afternoon because I, I wash my hair <laughs> once a week. Yes. If it was not on my calendar, it would not happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If you could go back five or 10 years before you had your business and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, um, 10 years before my business. Yeah. I was like, I was struggling with an eating disorder. My life was a disaster. I had zero confidence. I don't think I ever believed I could be an entrepreneur or really amount to anything. I was such a perfectionist. I think I just would tell myself, like, just just breathe, just let go. Mm-hmm. Stop holding on to everything so tightly. Stop caring what other people think about you. I like that one. That's a big one is the older you get, you start to realize that people really aren't paying really close attention to yeah. what you're doing. Not that there aren't people invested in your life and your well-being and they want to watch you succeed, but they're not sitting there like picking everything apart like no. we are in our own head. Yes. What about a favorite word or phrase? Do you have like a coined term that you use all the time? Yes. Today's the most time you'll ever have. It's something I put in the book because I really think we believe oh, I'll get to that tomorrow because there'll be more, there'll be more time. But I think that mm-hmm. life only gets more complicated and more full and beautiful at times. And Today is the most time. So if it's not a priority today, like don't say you'll do it in the future. Just say no. I love that. And that makes it easy too to make very decisive decisions. Yes. Like, is it a hard yes or a hard no? It's yes. it's either or. It's not in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. If I feel like someone asks something of me and I'm like, oh, if I if I can't do it today. Mm-hmm. It's not a yes today. It's not going to be a yes in a week or a month or something. Like, I think we think we have all this time in the future, but we always have less time in the future. Well, you are such a wealth of knowledge. And I just, I love your energy. You're so positive and so soothing and calming. I could listen to your voice all day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) You're so sweet. Well, my book is on Audible. So. Oh, that is good to know. I know a lot of my listeners and a lot of my friends love Audible. So where else can people find your book? Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Any bookstore. Okay. Yay. And then what about your website name and your Instagram handle? Yeah. So just my name, Kate Krakow. Okay. And I do have a behind the scenes Instagram account that I just started about a month ago. And that one is Kate Krakow author. Awesome. Well, this was absolutely amazing. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Health is Wealth podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. If you love the show, share it with a friend you think would love it as well. Also, please leave us a review if you feel called to do so by going to iTunes and sharing your honest thoughts and what you would like to hear more of on the podcast. Until next time, remember, Your health is your greatest wealth.